Hello, everybody. It is March the 19th of 2023, the day before spring in the Northern Hemisphere, anyway. And uh, I apologize in advance for a little bit for the sound. I am on the highway. I am off to Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, who I'm very glad recently had gravity installed, and uh, apparently they're nearly finished installing the electrical grid. So, looking forward to to that. Um, yeah, so I'm on the way. I, uh, as I mentioned previously, my mom is uh, in hospital. Uh, looks like she's on the rebound, which is good. And uh, but I'm going to go down and spend a day or two there and see how she's doing and probably have some conversations about um, well, just I think sort of next steps and things that we just generally need to talk about. And I think I'll just leave it there. But I wanted to do an episode just to kind of to do a journal entry, just to kind of catch up and so that I'm logging things. Uh, for me and for anybody that might be interested. So I, um, yeah, so I'm on the way to Regina dealing with very interesting drivers as always. And, um, yeah, I just finished my last meditation class at Mutart for the spring of 2023. So I'm very glad about that. I'm doing a one day retreat, June 3rd, 2023. Uh, but that's going to be it. I'm not planning to teach any meditation classes uh, for the city of Edmonton or for Nika Yuko Japanese Garden uh, during the summer of 2023. <clears throat> we'll see what happens down the road. But uh, I am hoping to teach some meditation classes again starting in perhaps September of 2023 at the uh, Mutar Conservatory in Edmonton. But I just wanted to spend some time and uh, just document what's been going on. So I talked a little bit about my mom. I kind of don't want to give a lot of detail on here, but other than to say that she's on the net, so it's good. Um, yeah, and so I am going through a couple of things. Uh, work is going to be awfully, it's going to quiet down, I think, a little bit. So I'm uh, planning to take a few days from, from that for this trip. I was hoping to go down to California for the better part of uh, two weeks, actually, in May, but I think I'm going to have to cut it short because I'm having to use some of my holiday time for this trip that I'm making to Regina. So, but we'll see. I am. We'll just see what uh, see what see what transpires. But I wanted to talk a little bit about my my practice, my Buddhist practice, which I haven't really talked about too much. And I think I'm going to talk a little bit about my spiritual practice in general because um, it's um, it's something that's really important to me. I was raised a Roman Catholic, as so many of us in Canada were, and uh, uh, when I was in my 20s, uh, far from leaving the the Catholic world behind, I actually kind of doubled down on my experience, and I went to the seminary studying to become a Catholic priest, and. Um, yeah, so it was. Uh, it was an inter- My twenties were an interesting set of years. I worked at the legislature in my early twenties, and then I went off to seminary. And then I left the seminary after spending some time also as a military chaplain. So I did some time in the army as well, a little bit with the navy. 
And yeah, I left it uh, left it behind. Both those things behind. Moved back to my uh, hometown of Lethbridge, what I consider my hometown of Lethbridge. Worked at a college there for a few years, and uh, eventually I ended up leaving the Catholic Church because, well, for a variety of different reasons. I had some um, ideological concerns about it. wasn't about celibacy, as many people think it was. Knowing me, it was probably going to be another episode down the road. Um, it wasn't about celibacy. It wasn't, uh, that was not the issue, nor was it about obedience, although some people think that it was. It was about how I was processing sort of um, how, you know, my beliefs, my personal beliefs and how they fit with the church. And I've never really been one to just kind of mold my beliefs to the beliefs of a larger organization. It doesn't really matter what it is, which has gotten me into some trouble over the years, but it's kind of, I can't do it, actually. I kind of talked about it in a previous episode. It's another way of allowing beavers to build a dam on my river, and I, I can't really do that. I, I, I think I am my mother's son, and my mother was a contrarian, or is a contrarian, and has been all her life, and, um, that, that kind of carried over to me. So um, that's where I'm coming from with that. And while there's a lot of beauty in the spirituality of Catholicism, I really uh, couldn't, I couldn't in good conscience, conscience continue on in the seminary because as time went on, it became more and more difficult. When I first got into the seminary, it was actually quite lovely and I was doing great courses in spiritual theology and just sort of basking in the new relationship energy, if you will, of being in the seminary. And I met some fantastic people and some lifelong friends. But I just couldn't, I couldn't tow the rope, especially at the time that I left the seminary. Um, The church had just made a turn into a very conservative direction. Benedict was Pope. And the people coming into the seminary were, uh, well, frankly, a lot of homeschooled, young kids, extremely, extremely conservative, and I mean, and I'm meeting that in terms of, let's do the traditional Latin Mass every day, and etc., and that's never really been my bag. I'm much more about the actual mystical side of things, and you're not going to get that in the seminary, and opposing deep questions and contemplative practice, um, because I've been a meditator for over 30 years, long before I went to seminary. And uh, that wasn't going to work because the life of a parish priest, you don't really spend a lot of time in contemplation. Maybe I would have done better if I joined the Franciscans or another another community, but I, I think I still would have come up against the same issues. So, um, yeah, so that's that. And later on, I found Buddhism and uh, because uh, I, I'd taken some Buddhism courses uh, in religious studies during my undergraduate degree, and um, Zen had always stood out to me as a, as a tradition that I really identified with, even though it took me, you know, well, <clears throat> by the time that I, by the time, from the time of actually learning about it to starting to practice it, it was the better part of 20 years, 20 plus years before I'd gone from an intellectual perspective of Zen to actually starting to practice Zen. Um, and so, uh, but I am, I don't, I don't see myself leaving Zen Buddhism behind. Initially, I practiced in the Soto tradition, and I was a, uh, I received the 16 Bodhisattva precepts in 20, in the early, in spring 2021, and then was ordained a novice monk in 
novice priest. I, I never really lived in a monastery or anything. They call it, there's no real translation. Priest may be a better way of putting it. Um, it's kind of like a priest in training sort of thing. I uh, ordained in 2021, and then in 2022, I, I left the Soto tradition behind, not because I didn't think it was valuable, not because I had really any philosophical differences, because it became very clear and very apparent um, that I wasn't going to be able to fulfill the requirements of, of uh, training to be a, a Soto Zen priest. It just, you really need to be, you really need to be close to some established practice centers and some established teachers and and uh, spend some significant time in monasteries. And as time went on, it became clearer and clearer to me that that wasn't going to be possible. Um, so I had to leave that behind. But I, the other piece was, by that time, I had encountered the Plum Village of the Venerable Thich Nhat Hanh. And I started practicing, actually, in January of 2022. I was well aware of Thich Nhat Hanh before, read some of his books years before, um, and practice mindfulness in various settings as well, both, you know, in a, in more of a secular sense. But um, nevertheless, I've been a, really, I've been a mindfulness practitioner for a really long time. Um, and so I, I decided that I was going to transition from the Soto tradition to the Plum Village tradition, which actually is not a unique thing. There are some senior monastics in the Plum Village tradition who actually did that as well. There's one sister, one nun, who in about 1985 ordained and I think lived in a monastery in Japan in the Soto tradition for about five years, uh, or for a good chunk of that five years. And then about 1990, she discovered Plum Village. And by 1992, her practice had be, was so deep in the Soto tradition that she was, she'd kind of fast-tracked to ordain as a, as a full um, nun and also receive uh, Dharma transmission or transmission of the lamp immediately following her full ordination. Um, so she went, which is really rare in the Plum Village tradition, at least today. I don't know what it was like back then, but um, knowing what it's like today, it's that's a very, very rare thing. But it, it's because I think um, the Plum Village tra tradition is not, at least as a com larger community, um, is not, they don't say necessarily, oh, you have to start over from square one. What you have, what you bring to the table is actually, as a practice in Zen and, and meditation and mindfulness, is actually valuable. And that was the case with, um, I think it was Sister Gino's was her name. And, um, and so it was one of the things that I responded to. There are groups within the Plum Village tradition who are real sort of, conservative is the wrong word, idealistic might be closer they have a real sense of time that you need to spend uh everybody needs the same spend an enormous amount of time um practicing regardless of how deep your personal practice is um they're they're almost semi-obsessed with the amount of time that you spend even if you practice you know if you practice 15 hours a week or if you practice one hour a week there's a lot of people that really don't, it doesn't seem to matter for them. They're much more concerned with the amount of time you put in. And I think that's a bit of a, that's an, a bit of an offshoot branch from the main community of Plum Village. Uh, because, you know, the experience I've seen is that Plum Village is much more open to looking at you as an individual and to see where your practice actually is.
And that was one of the things I loved about the tradition. Unfortunately, I've run into some issues over the last little while because I got into uh, where I live in Edmonton and uh, in Alberta is very much influenced by that tradition that's very concerned with the amount of time you spend in practice, not necessarily as much the depth. And so um, I kind of got, you know, I, I kind of got beavers built on my on my dam and I kind of, because I was in a, a not such, so it's such a great place this last fall and winter, um, really run down, really worn down, really tired. And I, uh, I kind of let that happen when I, I probably shouldn't. And I've, I've bounced back, but unfortunately, I've, I think I've burned some bridges along the way, uh, completely unintentionally. And also, um, you know, I've been knocking some bodies down, which is never what I was ever intended to do in this practice. So um, I think I'm, I've got some time to... You know, I've got to be rebuilding a little bit and reestablishing some connections with people over time and um, when the time is right. And uh, I am aspiring to ordain into the order of interbeing, but I think it's going to be a bit of a long road for me. I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be a little tricky because I, I have come to this, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's it's not been. It's not been a. It's not been great for some people. My my interactions and for them or for me, and it really is a shame because I have nothing against any of these people individually. They're all beautiful people, but I think our practice styles and I think our perspectives on some things are very different. And so, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I created and I, I take ownership for at least part of this. You know, I was a contributor to causing some friction and causing some uh, issues because um, one of the things about me, and I've known this for a long time, and I should have known better this fall and, and this winter, is when I'm in a really rundown position, um, I become very susceptible to suggestion when I'm usually not, um, just because I'm so tired and I, my mental sort of, my usual sort of mental fortitude kind of disappears a little bit. So it's, those are times when I, when I'm really tired and worn down, I have to be very cautious about who I'm listening to and what actions I'm taking. In fact, it's far often better than not to not do anything. Um, good Ignatian spirituality, right? So make decisions when you're calm, don't make decisions when you're run down and not calm. So that's the deal. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately I, I did, did a little bit of that and uh, I caused some problems for people and caused some people to wonder about me and you know what I'm really doing and and so I've got I've got some fences to mend and and I own that Um, you know I accept that that that's just a a reality of where I'm at Um, so yeah that's uh, that's where I'm at but the spiritual practice that I'm in I'm not leaving Plum Village anytime soon the tradition anytime soon Um, you know the going has been a little tough, but uh, one of the things about me is that some people think that I, I tend to leave because the going gets tough in these traditions, because the going gets tough and when I was in a cat within the Catholic tradition, when the going gets tough in the social tradition, that it's when I leave. Um, it's actually it's actually not. There are usually other factors that are involved that some people a lot of people just don't see. Because I you know, I, I tend I'm a I'm a contemplative by nature, 
I, uh, I look deeply into things and I look deeply at a variety of causes and conditions. And it takes more than the going get tough for me to bail out of a particular situation or a particular tradition or a particular practice. There usually has to be something more that's going on. And, um, you know, it was the case with Soto. Um, it wasn't that the practice was hard or that going to a monastery for 90 days, that was going to be a really intense and difficult practice. I, I didn't have a problem with that idea. I've been through basic training in the military a couple times now, and, you know, that was hard. And I didn't, I didn't quit because of the, I mean, the first time I did basic training, I didn't do so well. Um, and I ended up leaving the military and officer school simply because I just, I was too young and too stupid and I wasn't ready. And it became apparent that very early on that, you know, I, this was maybe something I can return to down the road, but I just wasn't ready. In the Socho tradition, I, in the Catholic tradition, I left it not because it was hard, not because, you know, it was demanding to be a Catholic priest or it was a legitimate fit with the teachings of the church. And as a priest, if you can't fit with the teachings of the church, there's no, you have no business being a priest. That's my, my perspective. Um, with Soto, again, it, it was not about the Soto tradition and nothing to do with the teachings and nothing to do with the intensity of the practice that was being demanded. It was simply a factor of capability. There was no way that I could see in, you know, there was a 10 year limit that I had to do training at a Japanese monastery in the style of, of Soto Zen that I was practicing. There was no way that I was going to be able to do that because there's no way I could get 90 days off of work to do it, let alone two 90 day periods off of work. Like it was, it would have been impossible for me to do given my financial situation, given the nature of the work that I do in my daily life. And my teacher and I discussed this and there was no way I was giving up my job to pursue the path of being a full-time Zen priest. Um, that would have been financial and career suicide. I wouldn't have been able to provide for myself or for my family given the, the situation that's, that's where I live. And so the writing was on the wall that the Socha tradition was just going to, I was going to have to, I mean, I can practice as a lay Soto practitioner, and I do sometimes. I have a few times um, since I left, and I love the people in that tradition, but I, I can't, um, you know, I couldn't be any, I couldn't be a monastic, and I couldn't be, you know, a, a community builder in a, in a way that I think that I had hoped, and so that I really felt the pull to, and so I had to leave, and Plum Village, um, yeah, I, I don't feel that way about the Plum Village tradition. I do actually believe that the, eventually things will even out and things will come to right. But I'm going to have to mend some fences and repair some bridges. And I think there's going to have to be some, you know, there's going to have to be some dialogue with a few people. And that's fine. I don't have any problems with that and, and fully anticipate it. I've come back a little bit to my Catholic roots during this time, too, because... Um, I've encountered the writings of, of Richard Rohr, who is a contemplative and a Franciscan, and his, his style of looking at Catholicism, while it does not, as far as I, I'm concerned, and I have a degree in Catholic theology, doesn't really brush up against, it doesn't cause any consternation with the teachings of the Church, it's a very different way of looking at Christianity and Catholicism. 
And the reason that I know that he's not heretical is that the Pope himself <clears throat> has read his works and said to Richard Rohr, keep doing what you're doing. Keep teaching because you're on the right path of things. And so one of the things that I'm going to be exploring as I go all the way through this, this journal is what is that interface between my Catholicism, my roots, and my, my Buddhist tradition going to look like? It's going to be a, a very interesting coming together, I think, and may manifest in some really interesting ways. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to leave this journal entry there and um, probably come at you with some more stuff uh, about other areas of my life in times to come. So we will talk soon.